0: Okay. We here hear talk radio. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Tom Hayes in Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, we're going transatlantic today with one of my favorite uh, transatlantic personalities, you Just blow your mind, yeah. <laughs> Tony, I have a show called Sugar Shack Radio which is uh, a whole story unto itself. Someday we'll have to talk about it. But uh, yeah. it was a club in Boston that uh, uh, was the, without a doubt, the undisputed uh, greatest soul music nightclub in the world for at least 10 years. And so that's what that was all about. But listen, welcome. Uh, so Thank good you. to have you back. Thank you. Let me give you, let me give the audience... Uh, An introduction here worthy of you. We've uh, (laughs) been on the show a couple of times. One as Sergeant Riley.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, Sergeant Riley, of course, was a World War, well, fictitious, but yet representative of a real character. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Who was a recruiting sergeant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, uh, was quite a salesman to induce young men to cross over the channel and go fight overseas in World War One. That's correct. And you also came on the show with Sergeant Godley, is that right? Godley, that's right, yeah, yeah. Who was the investigator for the uh, Jack the Ripper. That's right. Uh, it's, it's good. So, both great characters. And today you're here to talk about, you are quite a busy guy. I mean, the background, the fact that you were an active uh, Bobby for yeah. years, and then you uh, just kind of... Retired, And all of a sudden, bang, this great second uh, life and third life, fourth life. You've got all these characters. And now you're, you've published before, but those were actual nonfiction, right? Yeah,
1: that's right. And now
0: your first fiction book, your first novel, Reese's yeah. War.
1: Yeah. Um, and um, to, to be quite honest, I'm, re- <laughs> I'm really nervous about this because it's all right when you do something that, that's nonfiction fiction You're producing fact and you're producing stuff that's that's really happened. But when you produce a novel, this is all from your own head. So then you start to panic and think, oh my God, you know, did this, are people going to open the book and say, my God, this is rubbish? You know, (laughs) did this (laughs) deal start throwing it at the wall or whatever? Um, Especially when when it's, it's got real people in it in fictitious situations. So then you have to research, make sure that you know, it, it could possibly have happened, you know, and, and um, the timings are right, and and the people are right, and they could have met, and the incidents around them could have happened at that time. Um, so the research is, is, again, paramount to go into it, but, but it's still quite a, a nerve-wracking experience when you're putting your thoughts out there for other people to read, um, and um, and come back at you and say, well, you know, this is nonsense well <laughs> so you're panicking oh. a little bit well i'm glad, glad you
0: i'm glad you jumped into this part of it because uh one of the themes that i've done on this show for, uh, for almost forever is i've invited a lot of authors on here because i'm fascinated by the process of writing and you being uh, married to that uh, to that great uh, multimedia star jane kenyon who's also a great author and the both of you competing right now for uh, for the limelight. Um, yeah,
1: it's four two. <laughs> it's four two. But but, but she's she's got two, she's got two DVDs. So uh, um, so or CDs, sorry. So I suppose you know we we, we can count it as four all. Um, we're, we're, we're still going. we still. Go- I've I've got another one on the computer. So we. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so we're still fighting about it really but, um, yeah. well as a, as, a,
0: as a true as a your experiences of bobby and a, all of the domestics that you must have been called in to uh put down and i would just you know you know better than that than to bring that point up
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, I always find it safer not to argue with her so um <laughs> I think it's just a case of just, you know, yeah,
0: just agree. You you know, that's called winning the battle and losing the war. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's very true in this house. Very true. As I keep saying, there's only one star in this house, and it's not me. (laughs) One diva. I know my place.
0: Yeah, and she is the diva.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know,
0: again, I'm so glad you brought this up because – I found a book years ago, I, you know, as we've, I think, discussed, you know, I think destiny plays so much. I I wasn't as much of a believer in destiny as I have become lately. And Stephen Jobs had this great saying in his speech to Stanford University. He says, you'll never know where the dots in your life are going until you get there. And then when you look back, you will see that it all made sense that the dots connected. The people appeared. The events happened, etc. Yeah, yeah. And so here you are. I mean, all those years as a Bobby without, you probably had no idea that you would ever be in this position where you've got uh, four books published. I mean, doesn't that? Uh, <clears throat> don't you feel that there's something, something guiding you along that path?
1: I think there is. I mean, I, I, I mean, I was hopeless at school. Um, I mean, I was terrible, and, and uh, I, I hated it, to be quite honest with you. And, and, and probably the last year of school, I, I, if I attended two days, I think that's probably about the most I ever did, because um, I, was, I, was, I was not a good student, and I hated English as a subject, but I loved history. And so when you come to, you know, your, your career finishes and you retire and you, you, you think, well, what am I going to do? I've done other stuff obviously since then, but then I sat down, and I, I, um, a few years ago, I I got quite ill, and James said, why don't you write these stories down of all the stuff that, you know, that happened in in my life uh, as a police officer, so I did, and I I had about close on a thousand pages, typed pages, of stuff that had happened, but nobody's ever going to publish that as a as a book. It's just a series of stories. So um, someone like, said, well, you need to put it into a context of, of, you know, something. So not only sort of the investigation side, which I love, policing and stuff like that, but put, to put it into a World War I context was superb. So what I've done is transferred some of the stories that happened to me into the, the World War I story based around a, a conspiracy theory that's always existed over here um, regarding um kitchener and so what i've done is, is i've built in stories surrounding that conspiracy theory um, involving the death of kitchener with stories of, of real incidents that happened to me over the years so that's how it that's how it evolved um, why don't you
0: uh for, for us for us uh yanks over here why don't you uh, give us a, uh, you know, an update on what the the conspiracy is?
1: Well, well, Lord Kitchener was, was uh, our minister for war, but he was also um, a general in the army, and we never sat, It's never so comfortable with us to have military as part of the government. Mm. Um, you know, so so there was always a suspicion um, about about the guy. I mean, whether he was good or bad at his job um, is, is by the by but he was a military guy so and he was minister for war um, and things weren't going too well in 1915 so he was sent to see our allies Russia and off he goes I uh, set sail yeah, on in one of our boats and the boat hit a mine on the way to Russia and sank with all hands and um, so this Conspiracy theory arose. was that did he accidentally hit a mine? Did we uh-uh. tell the Germans where he was, or did we actually sink him ourselves? Uh. So there's this this conspiracy theory arose, and what I've done is is, is kind of developed that as a thing. <clears throat> Wonderful. Was, uh, whether you know, did we really bump him off, or was it a pure accident that his ship hit the mine? right that's where we've taken that but well we have
0: something similar here in the states as as to whether roosevelt knew about pearl harbor beforehand or not
1: yeah yeah i mean did did he did he let that happen purely simply to to bring us into you into the war you know because we have the same about the first world war you know did did woodrow wilson would you have come in you know without the Lusitania and stuff like that so there's right. all sorts of other theories that that are great. I love conspiracy theories. I mean, I just love them. When you look at nine eleven, for instance, or you look at um, Princess Diana, or I just love reading about conspiracy theories and, and then trying to debunk them. You know, right. and, and so it, it's it's all about um, developing that. And what I've done then is put a very naive nineteen sixteen policeman. From a, who was stationed in a very small Welsh village, thrown him into the mix with regard to this conspiracy theory surrounding Kitchener. So wow. then I can hmm. get the... Because the, I was a Welsh police officer, so you know it, it, he then can develop on from his naivety being thrown into some big mix of governmental chicanery and trying to work his way through that. So um, it, it 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 took on a life of its own actually once once it started, and I was quite surprised um, that it then I I'd read it after I think, where did that come from? <laughs> I, <laughs> I was quite amazed at myself. I said, like, "Well, wow, that was clever." Where did, that, where did that? it was like it it was it wasn't me if you know what I mean. It I, it's like as if I was guided by something. You talked about destiny earlier on. It was like as if you know, something was guiding me along along a path.
0: Well, I'm, bea- I'm beaming here because uh, this confirms everything that I've experienced about writing and uh, what I've, you know, spent years reading books about writing. Obviously, I'm being drawn and I'm writing a novel myself right now. And yeah, the, you know, the, the, the for people who haven't reached that point in their writing or whatever you um you understand with uh stephen pressfield who wrote the legend of bag of vance and yeah etc and he wrote a book called the war of art and he talks about the muse and he says whether you want to believe it or not it is real it does exist and uh, the magic happens just as you said uh, all of a sudden you're right you you sit there and you're saying w- 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 who-, who is this you know what yeah. is this
1: where did this come from? And, and I, I, I have back to my school days and, and being this terrible, terrible student. Um, and I, I, I remember my English teacher saying, Davis, you'll never amount to anything in your life. <laughs> and um, I just wish you was still alive so I could send him a book. Look at this. But, but I found I mean, I didn't find education until I was in my 30s. Um, so I, I become a police officer really because it was a job nobody wanted to do in the 1970s. And I think if you, I think you have the American vision of, of life on Mars, um, a a TV program. It's, it's a guy from today goes back to 1973. Well, when it came out here, um, that was my police station in 1973. Wow. I joined in 1970. So the, the, the whole ethos of, of policing was different in those days. And, and um, it, it, the stories that you've got in your head as a result of that, you know, I just sat down. And the book took me six weeks to write. That's it? Yeah.
0: How many pages?
1: Um, it's 400 oh my gosh yeah it it just once I sat down and, and and looked at it and thought, right, here we go it just it just came out it just flowed and 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 I've always had a love of World War one as we know i mean it, it's it's a passion of mine um and it it was i don't know it just, just 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 came out it just and but I write at night, so I start writing at ten o'clock at night mhm. And I'll work then till two, three o'clock in the morning, right? Because a there's there's no interruptions, there's no phone going, there's no emails, there's you know nothing's happening, and I can I can plow on through the night and and it's lovely and quiet, um, and get it done. So I, yeah, it took me six, seven weeks, and it it was it was done. And then then obviously you've got the 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 process of finding a publisher. The the, the other the three books that came out. In, about the local ads that were killed in World War One, those were self-published. Oh, okay. But this one has actually been published by a publisher, so it's it's slightly different. So it's taken a while to get. You know, you have to then plan a cover. Oh,
0: congratulations! So you uh, you finally hit the the real marks. They were actually yeah, yeah you I'm know. not Dan
1: Brown yet, though. But um, yeah, it's, it's being published by a publisher, which which I'm really pleased about.
0: My goodness, that's uh, that's a heck. You're right. That uh, that teacher should be alive right now for you to go. Yeah, glow.
1: I just wish she was. I mean, so I could, you know, just show her. Look, look what I yeah, did. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> well, this is um, I'm, I'm, you know, now well, be, let's get this away. I hate to do the show and not tell people how to, to get the book.
1: All right, it's called Reese's War. Um, it's it's out in ten days' time, and um, it will be on Amazon. And it will be uh, downloadable to devices like Kindle and stuff like that. Um, so and um, so, yeah, it' be out. They, they say in ten days, but you know, the publishing world is probably, you know, a little bit longer than that. But that's that's what they've given me. Sort of towards the end of this month, it will be out. <coughs> um, how
0: how fantastic! I mean, kudos to you. What a milestone!
1: Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I am kind of free. I just, as I said, earlier on though, I'm a bit kind of nervous about it because it's, um, it's a it's a step that um, I never thought I'd be taking, to be quite honest with you. I never thought that, you know, I'd ever write a novel. And uh, But to anybody that wants to write, there's only one thing to do and that, that's sit down and write. But there's no other uh, mechanism for it. And everybody says, you know, a lot of people I've spoken to said, well, I'm, I really want to write a book. Then do it and that's it doesn't right. matter I mean this day and age you don't need a publisher that's right you know you can self-publish your book um and you can you can get it out there and, and then it might get picked up <clears throat> and when you self-publish a publisher might come along and say oh this is good and and pick it up yep Right like with the three that I wrote that they're, they're very parochial they're very local books so th- there was never a chance that it was going to be picked up by a publisher because they're about local lads here in cheshire in the you know the northwest of uh, of england that uh, so it's only that my village um and the surrounding area that really have an interest in it and um, so it, it's 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 a, but when you talk about a novel that's got a global aspect to it um you, you can you can self-publish it and, and get it out there and and you know, see your name on the book cover, which is which is a fabulous, fabulous feeling. You know, yeah. And, and and it's and it's it's relatively well. It's 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 completely easy to do now. There's, there's no need for for your publisher and stuff like that. If you've got a half decent network of people that will, will buy it and broadcast it and put it on social media and and people will pick it up. And so there's no real excuse for saying well I I, I you know well I, it it I is I'm the
0: right it is the magic age of all magic ages in in that sense that there's no there's no dude with a big cigar saying you know keep the day job you know yes. and, and uh you, you know those days are gone because you can just skirt right by those people
1: absolutely you know? and and you get it out and you, you you it's your it's your legacy as well you know that that will remain forever i mean when when you produce a book here and probably the same with, with the U S you have to send copies to the British library. You have to send copies to various libraries who, who keep them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Isn't that, you know, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm so impressed. I'm so happy for you because it is all of the things that you said. It, it's, it's an outpouring of your mind, Combined with the, what Carl Jung would call the the um the the, the consciousness, the you know the yeah. and and you know the subconscious, whatever the muse, whatever, and it's a co-creation. I mean, yeah. uh, even I think even the uh, the staunches of. Um, atheists would sense what you're saying that what is this mysterious thing they can it can be argued forever what it is but the fact of the matter is you do reach a point where you understand that you are not writing the book
1: yeah you're taking on on journeys Um, I mean you know you you hark back to stuff that I remember my grandfather talking about and I think we spoke about this before that, that my grandfather he was 14 when he joined up and um, he in, and it was only after he passed on that uh, I got his letters and, and I, I read them. And, and it suddenly dawned on me, I'm reading these letters, dated 1916, written from uh, the Western Front, and he was born in 1900. And wow. it suddenly struck me, hang on a minute, this lad is now 16 years old. He shouldn't have gone to France until he was 19. Right. Um, and looking back on his records um, and stuff that, that he left me here, he joined up at the age of 14 um, and he he obviously told them he was 18 and right. then he told me all sorts of stories um, about it and, and some of those stories have shown up um, yes, yeah, slightly fictionalised and slightly in the, a different place perhaps, but they they turned up somewhere so a lot of the stories that the, he spoke about um as happening were written in into the book as that well
0: happening again you know i uh, uh let's go on the premise that uh you know our life there is a master plan and there is a destiny so if when you start looking from the statement by stephen jobs that if you look backward and you start to see the connections the dots your grandfather yeah. uh you're being a bobby Uh, even, you know, uh, even to the point, let's touch on the fact that you weren't feeling good and Jane says, you know, why don't you start writing? What happened then that did you, did your health improve?
1: Yes, it did. I mean, I, I, I ended up, um, I did end up in hospital as a, as a result. Now I can't remember which, which, oops, just knocked someone over. I, I don't remember which, which way around it was, whether I, I, written before or after I was poorly, I can't remember, uh, before I, or after I came out of hospital. Um, but uh, I think it was after. And so I was gradually getting better. But it was a case of, of doing something, because I, w- I was kind of vegetating, really. You know, I was sitting there watching the, the TV or, or whatever. And Eugenia came up with the idea, look, you know, you tell all these stories, and I am a bit of a raconteur, I do... Tell stories. Um, so she said, "Go and write them down. Otherwise, you'll you'll forget them or they'll they'll disappear into the ether." So that's when I started. And yes, I, I did get better. It was quite a cathartic thing uh, to do to, to to get these stories out. Some are funny, some are tragic, some are horrendous. Um, but they're all out there now in in one sort of mass. Um, and so I. I've, as I say, it, it, it was a cathartic experience to, to get rid of this stuff you know, out onto paper and it's still sort of sitting inside my computer somewhere that's uh, waiting for the next installment.
0: So so it, it, it became writing also then, can we, you know, I'm going to make a judgment or a statement that in a way it was a healing experience.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And also if you think about sort of it, it was also laying a career to rest as well um a career that i loved um but it was it was uh, the ability to to lay that career because i always referred to myself as a retired police officer that's how mm-hmm. i judged myself and how i wanted other people to judge me as a yep. retired police officer that was my identity and that's what i lived by yep and uh, and then um Following that, I stopped doing it. I stopped referring to myself as, as a retired person. Ah,
0: top. fascinating. Um,
1: it, it boxed that thing for me Yeah, so I could put it away. Yep. And can go into that box anytime I want and, and, and pull out stories. And, and you know, I, I still meet a lot of the lads that I work yeah, with. Yeah, so you,
0: you, you put it to rest and time to move yeah. on to your new iteration, which is that of an author, speaker, actor.
1: That's right, it, 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 it put that to bed and I could move on and, and, and be, yes I still, I, I, I call it reenacting, Jane calls it dressing up, um, but I, I go out and I dress up as, as, as a World War One soldier or as a, a, a police officer from the Victorian times, I've even been asked to be a Roman legionary, um, I've been a medieval monk, Huh. Um, explaining how they built Rochester Castle, so all sorts of stuff like that. So, my interest in history obviously continues to live on. Well, yeah, and I, you I know, know, I know, go ahead. I introduce myself now more as a writer, um, than anything else,
0: sure, um, exactly. So and you know, I mean yeah i you know i sensed like i said i sensed this this catharsis and you know my my bible so to speak you know for, for years i was a speaker of things spiritual you know with my own situation i here i am at 13 living in the inner city in a predominantly black neighborhood which was a story unto itself yeah and uh you know coming up being strict Catholic schools with all the brutality they're in brutality on the streets. You know, my father wasn't shy with his hands. Uh, there was really no safe place. And then to come down with cancer at the age of 13 and with a type of cancer that if a hundred kids got it, 95 died. So, you know, you start to understand as life went on that, you know, I somehow had, um, was it was a miracle and so yeah. you it's hard not to look at the spiritual side of things and everything you're saying i use um again i i i so i such an advocate of his book pressfield war of art and he says that and i i'm hearing it in your story that the soul our soul who we really are wants to go through all of these iterations in life it wants to play different characters at different times and it's hard for us i i I, you know and you must see it yourself with i'm sure a lot of your colleagues who remain retired policemen who never move past that and you know and here you are letting your soul take you on these fantastic journeys and you know and i think it's miraculous you wrote this book and that you experienced what you did experience with you know being being led and guided through the writing process
1: yeah it, it, it was a, a a fabulous and i want to do it i want to do it more and more you know it, you, it becomes a little bit of a drug for you, you, you yeah, yeah, to, right you know, i was going to use the, the word drug. yeah you want to get into it and, and and find the next story um like i i i've got one sitting on my computer now which is again um, but this is set in 1972, um, and set in a remote Welsh village, where um, again a young police officer goes to this. Um, but that's based that one's based on a real incident, um, that of a missing person that I actually dealt with, and and so I've, I've worked a story around that, and uh, so that's now um gone out to publishers to see but that's going to be that's a different genre that's a a completely different one to reese's war which which will he will remain um within obviously within world war one um until the end so he's got i i think we're looking at three or four of reese well that will take us to 1918 um but the other the other one is 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 another character who's now in 1972 and he's he's um, in this remote Welsh village um, and then the one I'm halfway through um, moves that same character on to 1986 I think so he's he's the same character but he's in 86 he's on, uh, He's a detective now and he's working through other things so yeah so so that's that's if, if you're interested in writing, and anybody, anybody, if I can do it, anybody can do it, and I know that's a cliche, but it, it really is 100% true. I mean, I am no, um, I am no scholar, certainly, and I'm no, um, you know, sort of fabulous writer of English. Having said that, you know, once you've written it and you give it to somebody else and they read through it. And they look at it, and you know, perhaps grammatically, you, you you put something wrong or whatever. They can come back to you and say, "Well, this is wrong, that's wrong, grammatically," and change that. That so you've always somebody else that can that can help you. In in that. well, that part
0: you're right, and that's part. That part is the easy part because they're Absolutely. technicians.
1: Absolutely, it's the people that, that you know, like like when when I first started, I thought Reese's War. And ev- no one ever knows where to put an apostrophe. Right. So when you're looking at Reese's War, sometimes you, if, if there's, you know, you sometimes put the apostrophe, you don't need the S. And sometimes you, you know, you put the apostrophe, you have to have the S. And you think, oh, why did I have to have Reese's War? Why can't I have called it something different <laughs> and I didn't have to put the apostrophe in it? So you, you put it out and say to, to, to people who, who know these things and say, where do I put the apostrophe? Because when I was in school, I always used to put the apostrophe over the S. Yeah. It could be either either or, you know. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, I did notice that on there because I've been having a running argument with some people about the same exact same uh, principle, you know. Yeah.
1: And, so it's simple. You just go to an English teacher and say, excuse me.
0: That's right. You know, you
1: you
0: can, right, and you can. I mean, to all those aspiring writers, hire an editor. I mean, yeah,
1: just just for hire somebody that, that, that. But also, what what you've got to do is is you you can't edit it yourself. You are too close to it.
0: Exactly.
1: And and you know you you've got to give it out and get somebody else to look at it. Right. And they will they will edit it for you. Right. Um, and come back to you. I mean stupid spelling mistakes that you make or, or, um, you know, you, I don't you know, you, you put, well, you know, I, in. right.
0: I, I, I I took a quote from uh, Stephen jobs and put it on a business card and people love it and they keep it. And, um, uh, I've given out hundreds of these, only two people noticed I repeated a word. I didn't even see it. Yeah. And people don't see it. And so, but the, 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 eye of, and both people who picked it out were editors so
1: exactly
0: you know that is their job you know again uh, you know i love it when we talk because the just like your book the conversations take um a life of their own and yeah. i i think this is because I, I just put up on facebook you may have seen the post of uh benedict C- uh, cumberbatch with this stern look and above it it just says right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know that's what my 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 part of my gospel to people in this lifetime is no matter what, even if you simply write a paragraph a day about anything, about the weather, about how you feel. I said that you never know where that's going to lead you, but that's that first jump. And here you are, you know, encapsulating everything that's in the book by Pressfield, which is, you know, you you there is you know, there is something that we there is an intangible. That we can't see. This is not all, yeah. you know, height, width, and depth. That in in touchy feely, there's something lurking about that we can't we can't you, see you or can't feel. not put your finger
1: on it. It, it. it it will it will happen to all of us. And um, you know, you don't have to be religious, or you don't even really have to believe.
0: Right. Um, it's, it's there, whether you believe what or not.
1: Something is about. And and I mean, I've kept a journal for years, um, and ever since. Um, Jim Rohn, I, 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 am a bit of a, um, uh, he's my hero. Um, and, uh, he said, you know, keep a journal. And, and I, I have kept the journal. Who, and who said that?
0: Who said Jim that? Jim Rohn. Who is?
1: He's a, he's a motivational guru.
0: Oh, okay. Um, okay.
1: And, um, he, you, you, obviously you know of uh, Tony Robbins.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, Tony Robbins, is, Jim Rohn was his guru. Oh, okay. So, um, so he he always said you keep a journal and um and i think and Mae and, and may west i think said it a great thing didn't she when she said uh, uh, if you keep a diary one day it will keep you yeah it's uh,
0: cool.
1: it, it it does i mean it, there's stuff in there that, that i think that that's interesting we can use and we can you know we can write about that and um, and i always carry a notebook with me now mhm if i see something i will just make a quick note because you, yep. know, you your memory is fallible. You, you, exactly. Why, as police officers, we always carried a notebook. Yep. And uh, that, that notebook, you know, we, you've got stuff in there that's, um, you know, you, you needed to remember and, and stuff and evidence and whatever.
0: Exactly. Well, so having this whole process, I mean, it's, it's just fabulous. To me, it's exactly what the reason I call this show Upbeat. Mm-hmm. And what you've seen here, so all of the ingredients are there, aren't they? I mean, the the dots, the uh, the, the the idea that there's a master plan, and it, it appears to me. What would you say? What's your what what's your words of advice to the person who who can be more than they ever dreamed? I mean, here you were told that you you know you were terrible at English, you're not a scholar, da 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 da, and here you are, you know. Um, and I don't know if you've hit the the six old yet.
1: Yeah, I'm six. You have okay.
0: So you're in your sixties, and now you're a published author and having a ball, following your dream, and it's all unfolding for you.
1: Yeah, and, and the other the other thing that, that people think about about writing books is is you know unless you unless you're Dan Brown, don't think you're going to make an absolute fortune straight off. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, and and it's it's a it's more about Getting your thoughts out on paper, getting getting um, an idea and and expanding that idea and and and, and working on that. It's it's more um, it's very very personal. Obviously, it's 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 quite a solitary existence as well. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you you've got to like a bit of loneliness, really, because you're you're there. Uh, well. And, and,
0: yeah, but talk about that for a minute. It's solitary in a sense, but then when you start connecting with this thing, you're not so all well alone, are you?
1: you? You don't feel lonely. That, that's the strange part, is that you never feel lonely, even though you are alone. You know, you're sitting here, like we, we live kind of in the middle of the country. Um, you know, there's, there's, we're not within a very small village, and we're on the outskirts of that very small village, um, surrounded by trees and there's no neighbors and whatever. So it's quite a lonely house anyway, and there's only Jane and I now here, but when you, and it you know, two o'clock in the morning, when I'm sitting in my office and you've got a blank screen in front of you, and you think, right, where am I going today? And, and one of the things that I wrote about with, with the one I'm writing the moment, I just sat with this blank screen in front of me, and it was hammering down with rain. And I had an idea of where what I wanted to write about. Um, and I said, where would I like to go? And, and at that time, Jane and I were just about to go to Italy when I started it. Because um, I put it on hold for a while while everything else was happening. So I set, I set part of this in Italy. So I went to Italy. And, in, in my mind. Uh, ah. And then I, I started researching. Because it starts off in, in sort of Naples and, and we go to... Onto Sicily, and and so I was actually in Italy, researching, you know, looking at town maps of 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 Milan or or a little place called Timisoara in on 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 Sicily, and so I was actually in Italy while it was belting down with rain here in Cheshire, so you you can take yourself out of it, you know, and you can look at other places and set it in some exotic location. Um, which takes a takes you out of yourself and, and even removes you from the country you're actually sitting in. in Isn't it?
0: you know, that's, I'm, I'm just, I, this is one of the richest, I'm in, you know, I'm not throwing fake accolades at you. I, this is one of the best shows that we've ever done. And not just you and me, but I've ever done here yeah. because, uh, You, uh, you know, are taking us right to your, your room, your house, your place, your mind in the process. And yeah, I mean, I
1: never thought I'd be, I'd be doing that, that, that's what I have to sort of, well, I I tell
0: people that all the time. I said, you know, you think you have a choice. I said, in my mind, I I came out of university with a master's degree in economics and was going to go to work for a giant corporation and be their economist and ended up being a stand-up comedian. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, and and I had never, ever did I have the intentionality of that. Yeah. That I was guided and brought there. And, and just to throw this in, because I think it's um, when they talked to Keith Richards once about creativity, and he dreamed uh, satisfaction. He dreamed it. Um, they said to him, you know, I'll talk about creativity. He says, well, he says the songs are written, already written, might. All you yeah. got to do is put up your antennae and go grab them. Yeah. And so the books, I think, what you're saying and what so many great authors have said is the book is written. Just put up the antennae and it will come to you.
1: The stories are there. The yep. stories are there. And and you know you can say well, you know how how many books have been written? I mean, if you look around my office now, I must have, oh, two hundred and fifty books on World War One. Yeah. So how many more, like James, how many more books can I possibly buy <laughs> on right, World right. War I? I mean, I've got 20 or 30 just on Jack the Ripper. Yep. So it doesn't matter if the story's already been told. No,
0: because it, it, it has to be told your way.
1: Yeah. I mean, it. it no one has lived your life. You know, right. no one has seen life through your eyes. So it, it sounds very pretentious when you say that. that, that but it's true. You've, you've experienced stuff that i will never experienced.
0: Right. Um, and, and well, you know, it's so... I'm getting the chills here. I'm getting goosebumps because here I am. Uh, you're right. This is a daunting task, a novel. And again, the dots were being connected for this to happen. I've been at my project for over 10 years. And last year created um, nine uh, comedy albums uh, about with little vignettes and stories about this whole crazy world where the descendants of Jack and the Beanstalk uh live and play and et cetera. And so now you know, again that, that guiding principle is put the novel idea and and so I sit down at night and you're absolutely right. I just have to force myself to sit there. That's the first step, isn't it?
1: The the daunting part is is, you know, I mean I I I look at it that the you know that, that screen's a, a battlefield <laughs> and yep. I want to fill that screen with stuff um, I mean some of the stuff you just say you, you finish maybe a chapter and say my god that is rubbish yep. yep but the but part of that is that I never throw it away I never delete it right I just pile it away because yep. there's, there's little parts of that that you think oh, yep. that, oh, that that where did I write that and you right. pull that piece out, you know, and it fits perfectly right. somewhere else. Yep. So y- you may look at it and think, "My God, that that I that was terrible." And don't worry about the writing. The writing is is not the issue. It's 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 getting the thoughts down on paper. And and you know once you've got fabulous thoughts down on paper, and if you don't feel that you can write, get a ghostwriter to write it. Yep. You know, it, it. If you don't feel comfortable enough that that you have the capacity to write, but you've got the thoughts there, get the thoughts out, and go find a ghostwriter to write your write your your thing because they love to do that, and they love to put your thoughts down on paper. Um, it's it's a the poor relation, if you will. Not that I'm denigrating ghostwriters at all, but but the the primary thing is is for you to write it and get your writing down if you don't feel comfortable with that you, something is, is stopping you then employ the services of of of, of a ghostwriter because they're, yeah, they're I, there, and, then uh, they will help you all right the way through it but it's still your story
0: exactly it's still your word. well i think yeah and i think though that um you'll find that um and and i, I think that's a great uh, alternative because you're right there's some people who just don't have it um uh-huh.
1: They have the story, you know, but they can't put it down, they can't verbalise it right, they can't get it out. Right, but right. if you find a, a decent ghostwriter who will sit, listen to you, and then produce this this book that is your thoughts, that, that you know, so like we said at the, at the outset, there are ways and means around everything. You yep, know, the, exactly. the, in this day and age, and, and that person doesn't have to be down the road anymore. You know right. they can have your manuscript within a millisecond, right you' know, you're just bang it up on it as an attachment on an email and he's got him he, he could be in New Zealand, you know it,
0: exactly
1: it's it's, it's 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 but the idea is that you you sit and you if you the amount of people said i oh I wish I wish I had writer but please write it you know it yep. because the the, the more I mean, I, I don't know how many books Jane and I have got. Um, it it ranges in, in the thousands um, because we are voracious readers um, and uh, totally different subjects. I mean, we couldn't be any further apart in our reading. You know, it's very rare that we'll find a book that we'll pass between one another. Um, but the the fact that we have surrounded by these books in some sort of osmosis, I think that you know you walk past a book, you feel like, <laughs> can you taking stuff in even though it's not open, you know it, yeah, it's yeah. a very strange thing. If you love books, that's why I can't get into Kindle. Uh, yeah, I agree. I I, I I love books. I love. I mean, I've got a Kindle and I I, I do use it, um, but I I me I, I like a book and I like to be able to. Open it and you know, I, I like the feel of a book. Um, although
0: absolutely, I mean, and you know, there's <clears throat> we're really talking about magic here, aren't we?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're not, I mean, when you look at Reese's War, you know, okay, um, the prime minister's in there, and and, and Kitchener's in there, and Lloyd George is in there, all these politicians are in there, and and you know, um, General Haig is in there, so these are real people. But I've created Reese. Reese Evans never existed until I I put him on paper, and now he has a dad. He, he has a, a a wife. He has a, a sister. He has a, a He's obviously got a sidekick because it's all good. to have a sidekick. So Dave James is 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 sergeant and he, his sidekick. So these people never existed until I started to give them a life. Yep. And now Reese is is in some ways there's a lot of me in him yeah you know um there is a, a great deal of me in him um but I've managed to, the, because I think the way to look at it is the nice parts of me are in Reese, the nasty parts are in his sidekick <laughs> so I think that's how I've worked it a little bit is that the the not so nice parts of me um we can display in his sidekick and um so we we've got uh, a little bit of um a dichotomy there. So I can put all the bad bits to to his sidekick and leave Reese as a nice, pure character. You know, I've always got his foibles.
0: That's great. (laughs) You know, Tony, I'm not a psychic, but I do have psychic experiences, and I'm getting the goosebumps here for another reason. I'm a big fan of BBC productions and television and movies, and I I don't know. I'm getting a feeling that you could end up with one of these as either a TV series and or a movie, or you know a one <laughs> one time uh, uh, special. Uh, I don't know. I'm just picking that up. I I I I think uh, from what I've seen of all of the things, uh, you know, uh, this. I think we you and I talked on one of the previous programs about bird song, and I'm getting, you know, a real connection here that you've got, you've really got something here.
1: It it would work. It it would work as a as a, as a probably as a. And um, I don't think it a film probably not but as a a bird song sort of that type of thing for tv i think that would that would work and particularly now because there isn't that much about about world war 1 although we're celebrating right. this massive anniversary of, you know the centenary there's been very little um you know there the, there was one thing on on tv here called crimson field which was taken off, off after one series um not that i'm they blame them because there's so many inaccuracies, <laughs> but besides that, um, so there's, there's very little, um, you know, we had War Horse, um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, again, if, I don't know whether the, the, the play, you've got a chance to see the play, but if you do, and if anybody's listening, please go and see the play, because the play is just unbelievable. Really? Absolutely. It's, you know, although the horse is a puppet, within 30 seconds of that thing coming on stage, it's not a puppet, it's a horse. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it, the the play is just out of this world. And, um, and so Jane and I have seen it a couple of times and uh, it, it's absolutely fantastic. But so there's been very little about World War One, um, you know, and there's all sorts of things that, that, that um, are not portrayed. And I... We've got four years of anniversaries, or three years now of anniversaries still to come. I mean, next year we've, we've got the Somme, which was the bloodiest day for the, the British Army, um, when you know 59,000 soldiers in one day of the British Ar- of the, the sorry the the, um, the Allied side were killed, wounded, or missing. You know, so it, it there's massive sort of um, of uh, anniversaries coming up, but very little is actually uh, been portrayed on TV or in films. Right, which is which is quite well. Dramatic. I don't know. I'm
0: getting I'm getting a feeling, and uh, and uh, I can sense it. I've been blessed with that talent. I've told uh, I don't know six stand-up comedians exactly where they were going to go on television, well, and I didn't miss on one well, of that's them. That's
1: something I could never do. I mean, I can start. I, I can stand up in front of people and I can talk, but the thought of, of standing up as a, as, a, as a stand-up comedian gives me the, the you know, the chills. I, I oh, And I'm showing all the people that can do that. It's
0: terrifying. It's awful. It's... You
1: know, uh, and I can't remember who was saying that one of the stand-up, he's physically sick. Before yeah. he used to go on, on every time. Oh, yeah, every yeah. Time.
0: Robin Williams used to throw up Robin every time. Yeah. yes. Yes, he yeah.
1: was. And you think, well, wow. You know, Why do it? it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I, I, I am in awe of that. I mean, it, it's it's something that. that I mean, I, when I was a police officer, they they trained me to teach. So I would go into the training school, and I would I was a teacher of of the new recruits for a couple of years. So the you know as, as speaking and speaking in front of audiences and stuff like that, I'm I'm fine. But if, if it's it's like taking. A novel on so it's all you, it's it's, it's you've got no shield of you, that's right. When, you, when you're you know, it's it, it's you against them, and you've exactly. got to win and them. And you're, hope all, to your
0: side. and you're all alone, and yeah. you're judged, you're judged on every word, every movement, etc. Absolutely,
1: and I know that that just puts the fear of God in me, I'm afraid. Yeah, well, it is, it's that. terrifying.
0: Listen, I'd love to, um, would love to have you read the opening paragraphs right now?
1: Um, well, well I'd, I'd have to kind of, um, I'd have to go and uh, just... Do you actually have, right, a, I, you
0: have a, did you actually have a copy of the book? in your?
1: I, p- I've got one. It's actually on, on here. If you want me to sort of find it, give, give me... One oh, yeah, second.
0: absolutely. I, I think you've wet our appetite here uh, extensively. I hope uh, that the uh, listener... Has gotten as much out of I This couldn't show, couldn't come at a better time for me, you know, because it is daunting, this idea of a novel. And it is frightening when, you know, I actually <laughs> created a, a plot board, which was, again, another story into itself, how that came to me. And it's good to have, but um, I just read Bird by Bird by uh, Annie Lamont. And she says, yeah, that's good to do. She says, but you're going to find that the characters, We'll tell the story not you
1: yeah you, and you, so I'm
0: finding that already I'm finding that what I plan is not happening something else is happening
1: you you find you end up um in sort of places you never honestly believed that you'd, you'd go um and the characters do start leading leading you into into places where you you think my god I, I didn't believe I would go there but then right. sometimes you end up going down this road and, and finding you're up against a brick wall. Right. And and you think, well, I've I've exhausted that and it doesn't sound right. So you end up sort of backtracking and saying, well, I'm I'm that that's not going to work. But don't bin it. You know, um, don't bin that 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 those ideas because you'll find that those ideas will fit somewhere, um, right. somewhere along the line. They will come into into um, into their own, and I'm just sort of scrolling through to, to really find where we we kind of meet Reese if we can. Um, if you bear with me, I'm just, just sort of scrolling through bits and pieces. Um, so, well, what,
0: what was the feeling when you actually found the book in your hand? Uh,
1: well, this one this one's not not actually in my hand yet. I mean, oh, okay. Well, funny. I mean,
0: when you uh, but you did receive one, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, I've got the, the 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 mock-up copy, and yeah. and I I read through. It. I mean, it's still so strange. I mean, again, we talk about getting it somebody else to look at it because just on the back of the book, I put um, something about Earl Haig did this, this, and this, and to me that was fine. Blah blah blah. And then somebody. That was looking at the book and said, do you know that you remember of course that Earl Haig, he was only a general in 1916 he, he wasn't made an Earl until the early 1920s and suddenly oh yeah, right <laughs> so it's yeah, you know, yeah. just the case of thinking, my god, <clears throat> yes of course, so it's getting someone else to look at it because you're so close sure. um, to, to to this thing and, and, and um, so you need someone else's Take on this to to um, to to do it. So, I mean, I've got um, a paragraph here. If you'd, you'd like me to,
0: yeah, I'd love to. It. Please.
1: Okay. So it's it's chapter four, really. Um, we we sort of preamble about um, about stuff in in Downing Street before that, but um, it says the Western Front Somme sector, twenty eighth of June nineteen sixteen. The British heavy artillery had been firing all along the line. Almost non-stop for a couple of days now, and despite being some distance away, the very ground shook, and the air moved with each explosion. Sergeant Rhys Evans walked across the courtyard of his billet—sorry, uh, of his billet of the last three days—a dilapidated French farmhouse a mile behind the front line, the line that hadn't moved much in over twelve months. Although it was supposedly summer, he was soaked to the skin. It had rained heavily all bloody day how the light in his tunic loved the mixture of rain and sweat. It wasn't all annoying, though, for the downpours always helped, but though the air was filled with the faint odour of gas, the water managed to dispel the smell and some of the danger. He looked at his watch, and wiping the mud off the glass face, he saw the time. It was 11.47pm. He and his squad had been at the straggler's post for the last 18 hours, and were only now returning to their billet to get some well-earned kip. He knew it was a waste of time hoping that there would be anything to eat, but there never was. He and his men were so hungry and tired. He smiled as he remembered he had some biscuits in his pack, and they were so hard it took half an hour to break through them with pliers to get enough for a meal. Uh, Wow. And even then they had to soak them in water to make something of a porridge. He would share them with the squad in the morning, but there was no way he was going to repeat the little exercise of a couple of days ago. He chuckled at the bizarre experience. He had been left the trenches the night just before first light. A couple of chickens had been spotted in a derelict farm out in no man's land. He knew the lads needed something to eat as the rations had failed to arrive again. He crawled out and rolled into a shell crater. He hadn't drawn any fire, so he moved diagonally towards the ruined farmhouse. As he neared the place... Sorry... And, uh, go down, and as he neared the place, dawn was breaking. He saw the couple of birds in a small enclosure. They were even bigger close up than they appeared from the trench. But they made a terrible racket as he neared them. He tried to see the, the German trench and looking for anything, might imply a sniper might be taking aim at him at his location. It was still too dark to see that far, and no star shell had illuminated the area. He was just about to grab one of the birds when he saw a hand come from the other side of the wire mesh and grab a chicken. Rhys was so startled that he got to his knees and looked at the robber. He was completely surprised to see a man in German uniform staring back at him. The man smiled. He was old and Rhys noticed that several of his teeth were missing. He had an old pipe clamped between his teeth that was still remaining. Neither soldier had a weapon with him, not that Rhys would have used his, and he doubted the other man would have either. The German grabbed the second chicken, nodded his head and turned away and disappeared towards his own lines. Reese grabbed the remaining bird and returned to his lines and handed it over to the lads. So that's the first time we meet, sort of, Reese, And that is a story that my grandfather told of of when he, his mate, had gone out and actually met a German in no man's land and they shared a chicken.
0: (laughs) Wow. That is brilliant writing, my friend. So that... were you shocked?
1: Sorry? On the screen? Sorry, I missed that.
0: Were you shocked when you saw that on the screen?
1: Yeah, it, it, I wondered where it came from. And then I remembered that my grandfather told me about another mate of, of his that had gone out. Um, and they, they found some chickens. And a German came at the same time. And they just shared them. And they shook hands. And, and one went off his way. And the guy went back the other way with a couple of chickens each. So that's the first time we met Reese. Um, that he's he's. We now realise that he's quite a, you know, man for the lads, and and will look after his lads as much as he possibly can. Right. Um, well.
0: So well, I, I'm 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 just blown away by the the language. Were you surprised by the language of the description?
1: Yeah. I, just brilliant. I was. Um, and that, you know, you write it, you put it down and then you, you, you polish it up afterwards and you try to put a little bit more of, uh, you know, like the rain and then you think, well, OK, what ha- would happen with... Obviously, all the soldiers in World War One in the front line, were, they had lice um, in their tunics and uh, despite the fact that they would get a bath every couple of weeks, they would have their uniforms steam cleaned. But... That would kill the main bugs, but it wouldn't kill the the, the eggs. So they'd ah. put their tunics back on and their kit back on, and within an hour they'd be covered in lice again. So, wow. Um, and that's where the word chatting comes from. You know, when you're chatting with your friends, um, they used to call the bugs chats. That was their nickname for them. So while they were sitting around talking, killing bugs in their uniform, they were chatting. So the word chatting comes from the trenches of World War I.
0: So when you when people are chatting online that's the origins of chatting
1: that the the origin of chatting is it's the fact that they were sitting around talking killing bugs in their, in their uniform so that's the origin wow. of the word
0: wow well tony this is bravo to you kudos my friend this is uh fascinating you must uh, be so proud I'm, um, I'm you,
1: shocked is more than more <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you know. For
0: a first-time novelist, now, did you when you were writing nonfiction, did you get those glimpses of where where is this coming from as well?
1: No, you, you're fairly stuck with what you put. I mean, you 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 can't flower it up. I mean, you know, if if you're saying well, um, a certain guy was in the you know such and such a place, um, you see what happened when you're researching World War One here in britain um, they took all the records of world war 1 soldiers out of london in the second world war because of the blitz mm. But they still got bombed where they put them so there's only 30% left of the records of british soldiers in world war 1 so if uh-huh. you're looking on online if you look at ancestry.com or whatever and and you look at World War One; um, you've only got thirty percent of their records. So, if a guy okay. su- survived the war and came home, chances are you've got no record of him of what he did. But wow. I was looking at the lads that were killed in World War One because, from my my little village here, there were nine that that were killed in World War One, and and then the bigger town of Nottsford. Um, they asked um, if i would do a book for them and there was nearly 300 wow. which was about 17 percent of the town were killed in world war one wow. and and then i've got great budworth which was 54. so if 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 they were killed you've got a starting point um like we've right. got the commonwealth war graves commission so they documented every dead soldier whether he died of, he was killed in action or he died of wounds or he died of disease or however he died, um, he's, he's listed on the Commonwealth War Graves site. So you've got a starting point. You know he died on this day. Um, right. You know whether he was killed in action. If he's killed in action, you've got a day. So then you can go to the war diaries of the, the regiments and say, well, he was killed on this day. What was happening? Right. So you've got, a, you know, you can work your way through from there. But if he came home... The chances are you're not going to find much and uh, much records of him, interesting. You know, um, because they've all been destroyed or, or 70 well, destroyed.
0: I tell you what, I can't wait to get my hands on this book. And uh, <laughs> you said in what about a couple of weeks, Amazon yeah, will yeah, be I, Amazon. I,
1: they say 10 days, but but I, I'm looking at so now day. is the
0: book will the book be um published on demand if you want a physical book?
1: Oh, yeah, you, yeah, and you can you can order it from Amazon, I mean, it'll be on Amazon. Um, it'll, it'll be, you know, um, it'll be. There will be a Kindle version of it, you know, for, for downloading. Um, so if you wanted a, the physical book, you know, and I, I think, I think they they actually give me a hundred.
0: <laughs> oh, um, okay. So they, so the publisher has actually um, published a certain amount of volumes already.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they'll be they, they'll be published and they'll be on Amazon um they'll be all over the place so i don't quite know what the um the the i don't quite know what their side of it is um but you, you know they they will you buy them from amazon and you, you're buying it from the publisher and uh, you know for me it's just royalties um yeah but, uh, now I, you know.
0: what about um what about you know in uh, england itself will they be in the bookstores
1: yeah, oh my goodness! Good, Good um, for
0: you. So you're going to be doing some some book signings?
1: Yeah, I, I've been asked to do a do a couple, and um, I I always find that terribly pretentious. I, <laughs> you know, I feel very sort of oh my goodness. Um, it's yeah, beautiful. And uh, so I'll be doing some book signing around uh, and about, and uh, you know, but I, and um, I've been asked, you know, sort of the um, the local TV channel has, has asked if I'll do an interview one nice. out and and stuff like no, that. It's no wonder Jane is no,
0: no wonder Jane is jealous. You are you are becoming a star.
1: Yeah. Oh no. Don't don't say that. <laughs> Do not don't say that in her presence. You know. It, it's, no, I can't say that at all. I'm I, you know, I have to weakly bow and scrape. No, no, no. Don't say that. You no. Know, it's so funny because you know you, you sort of both of us are doing such different things that that we were just just sort of a couple of years ago. You know that the, we've we've really moved different ways, and and we were hoping to get away uh, for a break, and that's not going to happen until Christmas because she's so busy with her stuff, and I'm so busy with this that we're not going to get away. So it's um, we've not been away now for on holiday for I think, two maybe three years. Isn't so, that
0: uh, you know? Yeah. Well, you did go, but you did go to Spain, right? Where she wrote. Oh well,
1: well, yeah, but that was she she. That was a year ago, um, year to now, and she came oh. back with two books. She's written yep. two books in a month, um, wow. which was just amazing. And um, I mean, her books—if you—if anybody looks at, um, you know, looks on Amazon for Jane Kenyon, um, her books are all about for, are women centric. Um, yep. So it's it's a completely different thing than than um, than uh, the mine. Um, but yeah, so as I say, it's still 4 2 in publishing, but uh, she's, she's still got those CDs, so you know, we're, we're kind of right. battling <laughs> it out, really.
0: <laughs> you know, we before we went on air, I want you to tell, um, I'll set it up for you. You broke your wrist a couple of weeks ago,
1: yeah, and on the 4th of uh, July, I uh hasten to add.
0: Oh, well, you never know what was involved there, <laughs> but so why don't you tell the story? I think it was extremely humorous what oh. um, what happened. You know,
1: well, in in my town of Nottsford, it's got it's got a very long history stretching back two thousand years, really. Um, the Romans were here, and um, so once a year they have what they call the, the promenades, where there's a lots of historical characters out about. We've got you know like highwaymen that used to live here, and various people. Mister Mister R- Rolls of Rolls Royce was it? Mister Royce, one of the two of them anyway, used to live here. Um, so we had all these people. Um, sort of reenacting these people, and we there was ten of us as World War One soldiers, and we were marching down the street. It looked very impressive, and um, we had a break, and I went into a local shop for some water for the guys, and I went, I just slipped, I sailed across the um, across the the shop and landed on on my side on my wrist. I broke it in two places, but there's nothing I could do about it. I couldn't, I couldn't. Because we were performing all day. So I broke it at, um, at about half past three and I got to hospital about half past nine in the evening. And of course, I was in World War One kit. I was, you know, the pussies, the whole nine yards. And uh, <laughs> I walked in and the, the guy looked at me and uh, he said, uh, Hang on a minute, you're 100 years late.
0: I was after <laughs> well, a 100 years late.
1: And, and then he he shouted at me for the fact that I'd not got it done straight away. So he said, i on, you're 100 years and six hours late now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, then, and he also said that <laughs> the kind of medicine they practiced. practised me yeah, right, he,
1: did, uh, he stood up and said he, he's going to get some leeches. <laughs> Put some leeches on my wrist. Yeah, yeah. The sarcasm I could have done without, you know, but there you go. <laughs>
0: Tony, this has been a fabulous, fabulous show. I hope that all the aspiring writers, people who are writers, uh, get the book out, get the story
1: out. You Absolutely. all have a story. And, and if anybody, you know, anybody wants to sort of pick my brain or whatever, I don't say I'm, I'm, I'm an expert because I was always told that you know, there's no such thing as an expert because an ex is a has-been and a spurt is a drip under pressure. So, you know, don't, <laughs> don't ever propose to be an expert. But, you know, if, if I can help, if anybody wants any anything at all, you know, um, they can contact me by email. Um, and it's, you know, tony at tonydavis.me. Just drop me a line. And if I can help in any way, I certainly will.
0: Well, you've been a great inspiration help. You've certainly helped me. You're right. I sit down at night and I find that it just all of a sudden... You're looking at the screen and it's filling up, and yes. it's almost as though you've got nothing to do with it.
1: Absolutely. You, it's you, it's
0: almost hard to discern whether you're writing or reading.
1: You're just you're just a vehicle for for whatever thoughts are coming through. Um, yep. And, and once you understand that, and if you let let it go, um, you'll you'll find all sorts of stuff that that's coming out of you that, that you know you never thought was there. And, and I certainly am you know an example of that because I, I, am, I am certainly no scholar. Um, I'm certainly no... Um, well, you uh,
0: certainly right, like one, my friend. There's uh, no way. That, that, that opening description is just... It's, it's grabbed me to be extremely curious as to what happens here. I mean, you've... Brilliant opening. Um, Thank, you. Thank and, you. You know, I actually feel myself right there. Um, just brilliant stuff. And, you know, again, let me quote Pressfield... You know know, basically his thesis is is that there is indeed a muse and he says the between you and where you want to be and who you want to be is this thing called resistance and it takes the form of anger and fear and depression and you know self-loathing and alcoholism and drugs and bad relationships and drama and he said and the only way to deal with that is as you said earlier that you Frank screen. realized it, a, a, it is a war, it is a battle. Yeah. And he
1: says, you have to go to war with it, and you have to just do the work. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, like, like I said, you know, you, you want to write, no one's going to write that book for you. I mean, unless you're, you know, some sort of celebrity that, and, and they want to put your life out there, no one's going to write it for you. So, you know, it, it's your... Whether it's going to be the story of your life, or whether it's going to be an idea you've got that you, you think would make a fantastic novel, the world wants more books. There can never be, there can never be enough of books. So everybody's got a thought, everybody's got a, an idea, um, and it, even if it's you know a straight rational book that you think, well, that I could, you know, I can do this and it's rational, it's, it's, or if it's something asimov, it could be totally off the wall science fiction, it doesn't matter, it, the, the process is get it written, get it out on paper, then worry about you know, where you're going to take this, what you're going to do with it afterwards, and yeah, you could be another Dan Brown, you could be another J.K. Rowling. Exactly. You know, I mean, How many times did J.K. Rowling get um, knocked yep. back?
0: And her and her agent told her uh, J.K. Nobody gets rich writing kids' books.
1: Yeah, and she's yeah.
0: the richest woman in the world. You, you're right. You, nobody knows the outcome. You are not guess, blessed with that that ability, and so. I mean, but for the sure,
1: the amount of publishers that said no to J.K. Rowling was amazing. You know? Yep, and and so and and you know you look at Dan Brown. I mean, just one one idea, a link to Da Vinci. Bang! You've got a you know. You've got yep. a thing. You've got a genre. You've got, you know, and and the spin-offs from that is, could you make a film out of it? You <laughs> know, could you make a TV series? There's all sorts well, of spinoffs to it.
0: Right. Well, I think, yeah, nothing I, I got a
1: nothing will be right. in your name on that cover.
0: Yeah, exactly. You nothing know, and be- uh, and 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 you use the keyword today, and that's what Pressfield says: is you do the work you let go and you trust and that's the other part is that whatever gave you the idea and wrote the book for you you have to trust that that will take it where it's supposed to go
1: exactly i mean it it, it may sell three copies you know but it's it that's not the issue you know the the issue is that, that you you've made an effort you've you've put it out there and if and if you know if market forces say it's it's not for now i mean okay it may not be but that book remains forever and exactly. in 10 years time it might strike a chord and bang it, it it's back exactly into circulation again but until you put it out there you're never going to know
0: right you know, it was a it, it, right there was one book um something the, the clowns i forget the the author waited 2 years nothing happened he killed himself but his mother stayed with it. 10 years later the book is a bestseller
1: exactly i mean you 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 are looking at i mean when i go into when i go into schools and, and, and talk to kids um about the war they they don't they don't they don't really have a concept of what 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 life was like 100 years ago um so but they will grow up and they 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 might remember some lunatic that came in there as some recruiting sergeant and and playing a part and, and it might trigger something in them to want to read more and once you've read this you might want to read a a novel about it and that's you know that there might be a, a progression there that that you know you you've, you've just lit a little light and, and in ten years time Somebody might say, well, yeah, I want to read more. Uh, I don't want to read too much fact about it. Let's let's try. And there aren't that many, you know, I mean, there are a lot of books on World War One, but there, there aren't a great deal of World War I um, fiction books.
0: Wow. You know? Well, I, I, I want, want to find one one out book. what happens with this this Brit and this German. Uh, <laughs> I can't read the book. Um Tony, always so much fun. I'm glad that we've become internet friends, and yes. I got a feeling—I really have a feeling—that you and I and Jane are going to sit down in some resort somewhere in the world.
1: Absolutely, and I'll,
0: and I'll talk about our books and
1: in um, the fame
0: that, and, and all the fame and glory that should come from that. And I'll only be Jane is great at uh, <clears throat> at building wealth and building and and having no trouble accepting all of it. And um, and I feel the same way about it all. So uh, let's look to a fantastic future. I'm so glad to be connected to a pushed author and your advice. Your advice was fabulous, especially for me. And um, I'm gonna uh, six weeks, that's unbelievable. And to even think that I could do that in six weeks now has motivated me even more.
1: Absolutely, it's, it's that. I mean you just gotta I think it's just you got to commit. Yeah, you've got to commit and say, you know, because the ideas are there. It's just a matter of putting it on paper. Yep. Um. And and once you once you don't worry about the polishing of it, just get it out there and get it on paper. Yep. Then you can work on on the. Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, I have all these great quotes. Hemingway always said, "The first draft, shit." <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I mean, he is one of my one of my favorites well and look
0: at his quote look at his quote mm-hmm. writing is nothing more than bleeding at the typewriter yeah, yeah. you know and, and uh if have you ever seen the film with uh um uh oliver uh what's his name uh something oliver and it's uh hemingway and his wife uh, i forget her name and uh it's a brilliant film i think no, uh enough. oh you must see it it's brilliant just uh google hemingway and film and um, it will come up it's it's a phenomenal story of their love life and his career and her career as writers
1: i mean he was he was an ambulance driver with the italian army in world war one so he's yep. has got the you know yep. he, he's, he's not just an author i mean he did stuff we are he yeah he was did, crazy he, he was quite um, um a distinguished guy and uh, oh yeah Spanish
0: civil war yeah he fought he, there he, um I mean, you know and uh, there is a scene where she they're, they're partying all over the, 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 the Keys in Florida, yeah. or actually might have been Cuba. And uh, she wakes up and uh, she said to him, uh, Ernest, what time is it? He goes, it's noon. He says, she says, noon. She says, Ernest, we didn't go to bed till three. She says, we drank two bottles of wine and a bottle of brandy. <laughs> he goes, I know, he says, I got up at six she goes sticks she goes he, she says you get the hell out of bed and get writing because mm. then then he uses that line because writing is nothing more than standing at the typewriter and bleeding, bleeding. and so you've inspired me to bleed
1: but it, but in his case it was uh, bleeding scotch yeah <laughs> yes he was you know I mean just, just bleeding scotch with him well, he, I mean, then, well he, you know. he, he has this
0: great expression right drunk and yeah. um, you know there is a, not that that necessarily is a great idea but the whole letting go and relaxing into it certainly is, is a huge part of it isn't it
1: but you be what I mean you can be what you want and and, and like when I portray my characters in schools or, or at events, um, if you if you look on tony um the website there you'll see me you know as a, as a roman legionary um people rung up and said would you do you know anything about Romans yes would you come and do this on t v so I'm on t v talking about a roman legionary have, having had to research the Roman legionary just for the 20 minute segment on on t v um or you know would you be This monk, medieval monk, who built Rochester Castle and Rochester Cathedral and the White Tower at the Tower of London, you have to then learn how did they build a cathedral in Mm. 1100. You know, so it takes you to a different level. It it gives you so much information in your head, and you think, well, what am I ever going to do with that information? But somewhere along the line, it will come out in a writing somewhere, it may not be, you know, set in in 1100 when when this guy built the Rochester, but it will come out in 1916 when Reese is doing something on the Western Front. It well, it's another,
0: it's trench. another dot. It's another dot, is is yeah. Steve Jobs would say, isn't it? Yeah,
1: exactly. It's another. And you'll never know where it. the
0: dots exactly. Well, from somebody who was told he'd never amount to anything, you <laughs> certainly have. Uh, <laughs> you certainly, you should be so proud. Jane should be proud I'm out of you um, thank you for gracing us with a fantastic oh, show I think this is uh, this is something for everybody anybody who uh, who has ever dreamed of doing this if this doesn't convince you I don't know what will um, Bravo you. Bravo thank you well let's do this again soon and tell Janet I would love to anytime she doesn't have to wait for the developments of the next couple of weeks we can do a show anytime
1: I'll I'll tell her that I'll tell her that when you, when, when I eventually see her. <laughs> <I think laughs> well, you've
0: inspired don't... me to. I hadn't been on a plane for five years. I went to Washington D.C. last week, and plane travel is not the most pleasant experience. But it broke the ice, yeah. and I really I'm getting the itch to uh, to travel and meet some of the friends I've made. Uh, through the radio show, and I certainly England is in my sights, and well, I'd love there's to. There's
1: a room here there. whenever you want to come over.
0: Oh, that's fantastic, and I'm going to take you guys up on that. I we're, uh, we're 20
1: minutes from Manchester Airport, so um, oh, it's great. It's, you can always spit on the planes when they come over. <laughs> out the, <laughs> I got this. I have the
0: same issue here. The same goes to you. If you want to come to Boston, Massachusetts, well, you're coming to America, aren't you?
1: Yeah, we're hoping at the end of the year to try and, try and get over there. But it's a, I mean, a bit, uh, we went to Boston, oh, God, it must be eight or nine years ago now. And um, and uh, we, we really liked it because obviously there's a lot of history and it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of history connection with us, with the Brits. So it, uh, we were...
0: <laughs> I said that to a Brit once. I said, well, how do the history here in Boston? He said, what history?
1: Well, yeah, I remember being taken to a house in Kissimmee, in Florida, and they said this this house was built in. You know, it's a really old house. I said, "Oh, really? It, it was built. It was built in 1730." I said, oh, I, said, I used to play in a castle that was built in 1277 when I was a kid. <laughs> so it kind of put, you know, oh, right, okay. you wrong
0: know,
1: I said the house I live in now is older than that. <laughs> So yeah, uh, so I, I kind of really sort of did stuff on his bonfire, really. <laughs> so, great stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, well thanks really so much, hope. Tony. uh Give hugs and kisses to Jane, please. I and uh, I will. Good I will. luck. Let's pictures. let's do this in a couple of months, and we'll talk about how, where the uh, the book is going. You, have you thought about uh, doing an audible book yet, an audio book?
1: I have thought of that. It, it's it's certainly something I I I I don't think I've got the voice for it. So. I'd, I'd like to find someone with a nice speaking voice that, that would would do it as an audio um yep. because a lot of people i mean i spend a lot of time in the car and i, yeah, same I don't here. listen to music i just put a, a book on yep you know yep so that's something that i might i might think about yeah please music.
0: do because that's my situation i i am more apt to finish that book if it's on uh audio
1: yeah yeah I, I, i'm the same I, I i love putting books on so uh Great. i do that.
0: Well, again, thank you so much. Have a pleasant uh,
1: day, and uh,
0: let's uh, let's touch. Stay... And that was before I hit the end episode here. That was Tony Davies from England, and his book is Rhesus War. R H Y S. Apostrophe goes between the last S and another S. <laughs> Reese's War, Tony Davies, T O N Y D A V I E S. Get it. It's going to be a blast and uh, I'm going to get it. All right. Thanks so much for, just, you know, listening, folks. And I hope you got as much out of it as I did. God bless and have a beautiful summer day.